Hey nerds, my name is Will Wheaton and you are hearing me talk. It is Wednesday, April 1st, 2020, and this is, I believe, the fourth short story I have read for you while we are all uh, soldiering through self-quarantine, social distancing, and, uh, and lockdown in places. Uh, today's story is the most fun I have had doing any of these, and that is entirely because I inadvertently had a rehearsal. This story is extraordinarily short. It's, it's not even five minutes long. Um, and I, I, I narrated it cold like I do. And, uh, when I switched windows over to Audacity, uh, I saw that there had been a recording error and it hadn't been recording at all the entire time because my microphone was passing through the audio to my headset. Uh, I just presumed things were working. I am so glad this was not a 20 minute story or longer. Um, <laughs> so I read it a second time through and I was able to make a deliberate character choice about the point of view of the narrator that was so unbelievably fun. I loved every second of it, and uh, I think you're really, really going to like it. Um, this story today uh, comes uh, to me in a bit of a roundabout fashion. So um, I love the American science fiction author Ray Bradbury. I think he is a beautiful writer and a brilliant storyteller. And I know that he did uh, a substantial amount of work uh, that has uh, come into the public domain. He did this work at the beginning of his career, uh, uh, editing and uh, and writing for science fiction pulp magazines, uh, which I am given to understand in those days cost around a dime uh, and were kind of where you could go, those days being 1940 uh, in this case. Uh, and they were where you could go if you wanted to read science fiction or fantastic fiction or have some sense of connection with other people who loved the things you loved the same way you loved them. It's very uh, um, remarkable to me that uh, there was a time not very long ago, only about uh, uh, maybe 90 years ago, when uh, you could live your entire life in a very small town uh, being a fan of science fiction, fantastic fiction, and never for your entire life encounter another person in person who loves that stuff the way you love it. You might exchange letters. Uh, you, you would read and, and respond to letters in the, in the letters page of, of, of magazines, uh, like, like, uh, like Amazing Stories or, uh, um, uh, this particular one, the name of which is eluding me, but I can look it up. It is called Futuria Fantasia. Um, and uh, that was the only way you had a sense of community. And it reminds me to be grateful for the community that we have built that supports and celebrates the genre fiction that we all love so much. Um, these communities are valuable and they, they need to be cared for and they need to be inclusive and, and they need to be worth defending and, and, and worth protecting. And I just have to say, in my lifetime, I've watched that happen in fandom communities, uh, which, uh, speaking of fandom communities, happens to be what today's short story is entirely about. Um, this comes from a magazine called Futuria Fantasia uh, from spring in 1940. I am presuming this was a quarterly. Uh, it was edited by Mr. Ray Bradbury. Uh, this is volume one, number four. And... Uh, 
The story that I am reading for you is called Thoughts on the World State by an author named Henry Kuttner. There is a small block of text here, which is what I am going to leave you with before I step out of the way and cut and paste the recording of the story in, that I think is a wonderful little introduction to what you are about to hear. The hideous Mr. Kuttner returns with an equally hideous tale. We absolutely guarantee this story will induce nausea and slight regurgitation. Lead on, Mr. Kuttner! You guys, this is so much fun. Uh, I just love it, and uh, I'm so glad that I found it because I was looking for Ray Bradbury. I found a Ray Bradbury magazine. The only piece he contributed to it was a short story about why they're increasing the price of the magazine. There wasn't a lot of there there. Even Mr. Bradbury could do that. And I scrolled down, and I saw this. I read the first two paragraphs. I thought they were hilarious, and uh, that's where the recording came from. So... I sincerely hope that you enjoy it wherever you are. I hope that you are healthy. I hope that you are safe. If you are one of the helpers in the world, thank you for being a helper. I'll see you next time. Hope you enjoy the story. Thoughts on the World State by Henry Kuttner I have, as usual, been brooding over the intricacies of modern civilization. It seems to me that life is a peculiarly futile business. This mood of mine may perhaps be attributed to my recent tragic encounter with a horse at the corner of 42nd and Broadway. I shall not dwell upon that incident, save to mention, briefly, that horses should at least be careful of what they eat— one never knows the result of the most innocent action, and that, by imperceptible degrees, brings me to the subject of this article, Playing Fair with Fans, or Fantastic Decency. It has been said, and very loudly, too, that fans fight a lot. Well, I do not care to refute that. I happen to know that a Californian fan, a Mr. Ackerman, is in the habit of knocking down visitors and kicking them in strategic places. The question naturally arises, does fantasy lead to sadism? I am reminded of the remarkable case of Scarlet O'God, an ardent fan whose tininess led to her being occasionally called by the diminutive or fanny. This may seem somewhat confusing at first glance. Let us, therefore, go hastily on to the next paragraph. I should perhaps mention a mysterious white-bearded gentleman called Tarboth the Damned, or Toby, since he played a significant role in the incident. It was he who listened, toying at his beard idly, while Scarlet feverishly upheld her position against the onslaughts of her foes. Just what caused the argument I cannot recall at the moment, nor does it matter especially. I believe it had something to do with Scarlet's being locked out of the sanctuary or washroom by previous arrivals. Mocked, scorned, and jeered at, Scarlet at first said nothing. Ultimately, however, she lost her temper and cursed her enemies roundly. I would, she observed with feeling, sell my soul to the devil in order to obtain vengeance. 
At this moment, the white-bearded gentleman smiled unpleasantly and vanished. Simultaneously, lightning struck the sanctuary and demolished it to the natural discomfiture of its occupants. Laughing in a triumphant manner, Scarlet departed. But the seeds of doom were already sown within her soul. Not until she was soaked to the skin did she realize the ghastly and hideous truth. Then, looking up, she saw that above her hovered a small black cloud from which rain was steadily descending. As she realized the terror of her position, black horror flooded the girl. She had become allergic to weather. Well, after that, of course, matters got steadily worse. She was driven from home after blasting the bathtub and spoiling a valuable Angora kitten. It was later made into a muff, but moths got into it. That, however, is another story and not an especially good one. Poor Scarlet was excluded from all fan gatherings. Sunstroke and Eclipse were her constant companions. She came with the deluge and was gone with the wind. The girl was utterly friendless. She roamed wildly here and there, haggard, careworn, and miserable, in a tattered gown made from the covers of amazing stories. At night, people could hear her moaning under their windows, and they huddled closer to the fire, whispering, Fetch aft the rum, Darby. Evil walks abroad tonight, and I feel my soul shudder in me. No soda, thanks. Hopeless and forlorn, Scarlet stowed away on a schooner out for Hong Kong, but she was discovered, cursed for a Jonah, and set ashore on a cannibal isle in the South Seas. It was a blessing in disguise. The natives mistook her for a goddess. They were used to bad weather and did not attribute the altered climate to Scarlet. So they garlanded her with lays and made her their queen. And she reigned happily ever after.